This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we get to today's Browns Film Breakdown podcast, coming again about Bet Online as we approach middle to end of March, which we know is prime time March Madness season. Make sure to head to betonline.ag and open an account today to get in there on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th, rapidly approaching. That's right. I did say $100,000 March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action. And often, and I've been in these bracket competitions, the people who seem to have the least amount of a clue oftentimes do the best. So, you know, even if you're not an avid sports gambler, go to betonline.ag and get signed up by March 15th. You can have multiple entries that are available. It's the season's best chance to cash in, and I'm urging you to go there. The NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, bet online in the place for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonus offers you will find on the internet today. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Sign up for that free account. Make sure, again, you use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Get your 50% sign-up bonus. Get your free money. Win some money on March Madness. Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And we're to today's podcast. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, everybody, to Browns Film Breakdown. You know who it is, Jake Burns, your host, writer for the OBR, coming at you Thursday night. Got some exciting stuff cooking up here about, we, you know, as we get to talking about the draft, we get to talking about free agency. They're approaching quickly. Big decisions are being made every day. So you can feel the sort of scheming that's going on behind, you know, closed doors about what angle this franchise is going to take, how they're going to fulfill their needs. It's a fascinating offseason. I have said this all along because... You know, we don't know how this is going to shake out. We don't know what they're looking for. We don't know how this front office, headed by Andrew Barry, you know, views some of these players. He's connected to some, uh, you know, dating back to the 2018 draft, but we don't know how he feels about last year's draft. We don't know how he feels about some of the key pieces that are on the roster that have been around from well before his time. And um, we, we can guess. We'll do a lot of guessing. That's what we're obviously going to spend time doing. But we can guess and we can we can kind of... Um, you know, get a get a get a hunch out there for what we think they're going to do, but ultimately we don't know. We could be blown away, surprised. Said there's going to be some aggressiveness. There might be some aggressiveness. Maybe there's some passiveness. Who knows? We don't know. That's the exciting part to me. Is uh, they're going to paint this picture on a blank canvas starting soon. The interesting news that has trickled out to me is um, two tackles today sort of hit the conversation market, right? And and both of them are. Uh, in a in a similar ilk, they're 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 aging players, very good offensive tackles, but aging with a history of some injuries and some drawbacks, but also uh, extremely talented still, despite the age and injury issues and all of that. They can certainly 
uh, come in and hopefully, I can't say certainly and hopefully that's paradoxical, but I do feel like if brought in one of these two, Jason Peters or, or Trent Williams, they can anchor the left side tackle role and um, certainly help the Browns to not feel that pressure to have two young tackles starting right away. First, you talk about Jason Peters. He's 38, going to be approaching 39 before we know it. Aging, still can play. Very good pass blocker. Not sure how effective he would be zone blocking and running as much as the scheme will demand. But if you're looking for a one-year situation that that a guy like him can make sense for, this is this is the alignment might be there for Cleveland. I think you can certainly help him a little bit in zone blocking with some some tight end alignments and some some run directional things. Um, but if, you, like I said, if you don't want to pay big money in long term deals to Jack Conklin, if you don't want to, um, you know, force a mid tier tackle like Big V there and, and coming out of Philadelphia, um, it, it can make some sense. Uh, you know, the, the Browns have rollover cap that is a one year sort of thing that they can they can chip into if they're going to just sort of use his um, you know services for a year. The cap is certainly going to increase in the CBA. It appears. I think that you, 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 you have to look at this in a vacuum and say, is a guy worth it at this age and this situation? The situation has to be right. It cannot be a multi-year thing. It's got to be a one-year thing. Maybe as a stopgap between a young player, a failing player like Chris Hubbard or and the Greg Robinson, and then sort of moving into the next player. Maybe you draft in rounds three, four, five, or six. I think that can be a situation for Jason Peters, and I think that that might be why the Browns pursue it. Now, does ultimately, does Peters sign here? Probably not. I don't think he wants to play his twilight years in Cleveland. I wouldn't be, I guess I wouldn't be stunned, but I, I also would be quite a little, I mean, I'd be mildly surprised if he entertained the idea of coming here. The Andrew Barry connection is there, but that's that's about the extent of it. It's 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 about who's going to be interested in his services for one year and um, what the market shakes out for him. I know Philly's going to keep in touch with him. They're obviously going to weigh their options on both ends. But I think you go after you go after him. I think you make an offer. You go after him. You chase him, knowing that you probably won't get him. But that's okay. You know, given the 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 opportunity to upgrade, you do it. Now Trent Williams comes with the idea now that he can be. Um, traded. He could pursue a trade. The Redskins granted him that ability, uh, whoever to talk, and the Browns make plenty of sense, right? Trent Williams is not as old. He's certainly one of the better elite tackle. I, I'm, I'm using you know dual words way too much. He's one of the better tackles in the game. You can't call him elite anymore because he hasn't really been playing of late, gone through these situations with the Redskins, and that situation got ugly. But there is a trade situation here. You know, it was speculated at Cleveland.com that they were going to look to try to possibly trade the number to. I, you're not trading the 10th pick for him. You have, the, the, the Redskins have no leverage. So the Browns can offer. I would go no higher than a third-round pick. I think you have two third-round picks you could – you could certainly try to entice Washington with one of those. Certainly an option, um, but I'm not forcing something second or first round because you got to take on the money with Trent Williams too, which is just as big a part in this whole thing. Is um, you know giving up? You're giving up something, some draft capital or a player, and then you're obviously you know going to have to pay the man too. So that comes hand in hand. Again, the Browns can do it, but they certainly have to look at how they're going to do that based on the multiple levels that come with making a trade and what you're giving up and all of that. So, look, I would love for them to come out with one of those tackles. I don't, I don't know if they are going to pursue Jack Conklin very seriously, uh, more of a long-term player, but I think he's going to get a market that says, you know, pump the brakes on that. I don't think he's going to be worth what he gets. The market will shape him into a more expensive player than what his value is. I have some guests coming on in the next two weeks that will talk about free agency and some potential fits. 
that will be interesting. I'm not going to really delve too deep into it right now, but the Browns should be players. Look, I want them to take two tackles in this draft ultimately, but I also don't want them to be, you know, feel pressured to play both of them right away. If that happens organically, great, but if not, I don't want them to feel pressured to have to play those guys right away. Kendall Lamb obviously can be a sort of stopgap, but we've seen, you know, his time in Houston and his time in Cleveland you know the guy's limitations and you know that he can get beat in certain aspects of the game and uh, it leaves plenty to be desired but a guy who can play some games maybe give you an effective game or two out of every four and you know you can you can try to hold it down until you 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 get one of those maybe later round rookies ready so i'm fascinated with how they're going to approach this the options became a little bit more open today which is a good thing going into free agency uh, they got a week or so here before they, you know, that they can they can pursue a Trent Williams trade. With that interest is real, and the and the Callahan tie is very serious for Trent. Um, so that that certainly is 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 a draw that's in Cleveland's favor. So maybe they can they can chalk something up and get it done because it would be nice to have left tackle settled so that you could go in and look at pick ten, not feel as pressured to take a tackle as you pod, probably were before, but at least knowing that you could draft somebody who could play the right side like Tristan Wirfs and feel good about it. So. Fascinating stuff, and I, I think it's a. It was overall a good day for Cleveland in terms of opening up more options, and um, I'm optimistic about how they handle that tackle spot. It's going to be the biggest thing they have to overhaul. They haven't cut Chris Hubbard yet, but it is obviously going to have to be the biggest positional overhaul in helping stabilize their young quarterback, especially with the demands of the Stefanski offense and the shorter drops that Mayfield's going to have to take. He has to feel secure in the pocket, and he clearly did not feel that way last year. So how they sort of juggle all of that, tie it together, whether they keep Wyatt Teller at right guard, that rhyme, that was pretty fantastic. They keep you know Wyatt Teller at right guard, that'll be interesting to me too. I think that uh, Callahan's probably going to favor how he plays the game and sort of how he can fit in the scheme. So offensive line discussions to come. There will be plenty leading into the draft. There will be plenty, hopefully, post-free agency with some players that can help bolster things right away. I have a fantastic guest on. We're going to get to that guest momentarily. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Untuck It. We've had them on here several times. They're a loyal uh, sponsor of Browns Film Breakdown and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. They're they're one of the best out there if you're looking to have that casual button-down shirt that isn't too baggy or too long. That's not the way it's meant to be worn in Untuck. It really devotes themselves to changing that. So Untuck is a brand you've been looking for in terms of having that original untucked button-down shirt that's a modern solution to that old problem with no tucking or tailoring required. No matter your shape, your size, your your, your, your torso length, they're going to make it work for you. You've been frustrated with this before. I'm sure you buy a generic shirt at one of the department stores. It doesn't fit like you need it to, and that's where Untuck It's going to come in and help. They have 50-fit combinations. Shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Untuck It fits my frame, which is, is sort of a boxier frame. They do a fantastic job with shirts that make it work for me. Don't hang down too low. I get a little frustrated if... If uh, they make shirts with a wide dimension, but the, they go down way too far, right? That's where Untuck It comes in and steps in, changes the game. Great material design and color options available. If you browse online, you can go to a brick and mortar store. They have them in there available as well. And that shopping experience is super easy, seamless for you guys. Take my word on it and use our promo code. Visit untuckit.com. Use Blue Wire for 20% off your first order. Again, that's untuckit.com using Blue Wire, one word, 20% off that first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's untuckit.com, promo code Blue Wire for 20% off your first order. Thanks again to Untuckit for sponsoring this podcast and our network over at Blue Wire. And now over to our guest, Corey Kennan.
Okay, so we welcome in now Corey Kennan. Corey does um, draft work. This is year three, I believe, of his draft work. He's now with the site expert at, with the first pick. If you have not had a chance to go check out his stuff uh, with the first pick, you should go over there and check it out because it's very thorough. Caught my eye is doing some fantastic draft work in terms of you know, well-researched, thought-out opinions, so I thought I would have Corey on to give us a feel. Look, we can't have enough opinions going into the draft, folks. We just, we need everybody's opinion. It's constantly evolving, and uh, free agency will help clear some of that up, and we'll dig into that in the weeks to come. But I think it's fair to um, talk with different people of of, uh, of different kinds of opinion on what's going on with these potentially 10th pick and, and the 41st pick and so on and so forth and what they'll do. So I'm excited to have Corey on. I welcome you to the show, Corey. How you doing, man? Good, Jake. How are you? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Life is uh, life is good. I hope it's good your way too. Let's let's uh, let's dig in. Let's. I sent him a myriad of questions. I don't like. Like sometimes I like to have folks come in with no clue and, and answer them. I'm sure Corey could have come in here and just fired off answers. He's a bright guy. But I like to to send over some questions. So I did that with him today. We're recording this on. God, is it Thursday night? It is Thursday night. We're going to release this hopefully late tonight into tomorrow morning on your drive into work or your drive home or wherever you listen to your podcast. Hopefully this will give us some clear insights on what we think the Browns are thinking. So we're going to talk strictly draft court. We're not going to delve into free agency. I'll save that for another time. I just want to know your hunch. Listen, this is a new front, front office. This is, is all different, right? This is this is uh, we, we have a, a general slight feel for what these guys might be doing, but we don't really know, so we're not going to pretend. But if you had to... If you had to kind of pinpoint it, my man, about what you think they will do uh, in in the draft, like positions you think they have to solve in the draft, like what are some key positions that you don't think they answer in free agency that you think they need to solve in the draft cycle? Right. So um, the way the free agency market has been going with the offensive tackle position, that one seems like the biggest one that needs to be addressed in the draft versus free agency. Um mainly because of costs and uh, John Dorsey spent quite a bit of money when, when he was the general manager of the Browns and with Miles Garrett and Baker coming up over the next two years. Um, I don't see a lot of long-term investments being invested at the offensive tackle position. Um, I would say a second one is definitely interior defensive line depth. Uh, last year, um, Ogan, Ogan Joby kind of got hurt a little bit. Vernon got hurt. Sheldon Richardson was hurt at times and, uh, it just seems beyond Richardson and Ogunjobi. If those guys have to come off the field, the 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 talent on the field is steeply decreasing. Um, so just getting guys um, to get a good rotation along the defensive line. Um, next, I would say definitely safety, um, but more so safety nickel hybrid, um, kind of what Body Calhoun did two years ago, what Eric Murray did well this year when he was healthy. That safety that can can bump up to the third level can drop down and and play man in the nickel as well. I think that's a big need, especially with the, the pass-heavy nature of the league and playing Lamar Jackson twice a year. Having guys who, who can both play with speed and, and size is a good thing. Um, and then finally, I think an underrated area that they need to address in the draft and or free agency um, would be a, a wide receiver too. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry is probably most comfortable on the slot. Um, and with that being said, with Richard Higgins, nobody knows what's really happening there. Hopefully the bridge isn't isn't burned um, from the Dorsey era. Um, but outside and across from OBJ, um, a wide receiver, too, is probably another need they need to look into. Okay, good stuff. If you uh, will segue, man, I, I don't disagree with you. I think free agency people are expecting the aggressive nature. I think that I think they will go maybe get one big name. We'll see. I'm not sure. 
Uh, I don't expect them to be big, lucrative spenders, uh, you know, due to rollover cap and some other things of that nature. And you mentioned, uh, you know, with with some guys who potentially are going to be star. We think Baker Mayfield is going to be a star still. We think they could have to end up paying Denzel Ward. We don't know. Those guys could have tough years, and then it looks completely different. So much changes in one year in an NFL landscape. We don't really know, but they could. They have to keep that in mind that they could have to pay those guys relatively soon. So you got to keep those things in mind. So let's switch. Uh, let's switch over to actual draft guys that you, uh, you know, you like. I, I think that this is a good way to put it, and. I would, I would frame it this way. So three guys that you really, really want in this draft. Now, you can't say I want Joe Burrow and and then and two other – not that you're going to say that, but you can't say two, three guys for the for the tenth pick. You know, you can't say Isaiah Simmons, Tristan Wirfs, and I don't know, just pick someone else, Henry Ruggs, I don't care. Uh, you can't, so kind of like guys you really, really want that kind of fit in the Browns uh, pick selection area there, the first three or so picks. That's perfect because I, I prepared a guy for each round. So um, perfect. I think – the big one right off the bat, it's the obvious one is Tristan Wirfs. Um, out of all the offensive tackles, Wirfs displays the most lateral movement, the most fluidity um, in space. Uh, so in, a, in Stefanski's wide zone scheme that that he ran in Minnesota and will presumably run in, in Cleveland as well, um, Wirfs, really any of the big four offensive tackles would, would work in that system. Um, but I do think Wirfs is, is the best fit. Uh, the way that he switches well um, in pass pro, if he sees a guy coming into his zone, um, the way that he can get to the perimeter on screens or or just sweeps or um, wide zone plays, I think Werfs is, is obviously the the hot commodity in Cleveland right now. I like it. I think I think that makes a ton of sense for them at that spot. What's your next one? Yeah, so uh, my second one is a safety uh, Division two guy named Kyle Duggar. Um, so a Division two guy hasn't been taken in the first round since 1999, uh, but after his senior bowl and combine, that could be the case. Um, but I think Kyle Duggar should uh, could be a really good fit in Cleveland. I did a little research on um, some Wade Phillips and Robert Sala's um, defensive philosophies, um, guys that Joe Woods is um, coached under. Uh, and it seems like they ask a lot out of their safeties. And so getting a safety who could play at the third level, who could drop down um, and kind of take the place in a Sam uh, on like an under and overlook, I think Duggar could fit that really well. Uh, he displayed at the senior bowl and on his tape the ability to track with tight ends um, down the field uh, and move laterally really well as well. So I think Kyle Duggar would be a good fit. Um, and then thirdly, um, I went with a defensive tackle, um, a guy I saw in film uh, who could play a variety of looks, whether that's the one tech, which I think the Browns desperately need. Um, playing Larry Ogunjobi over the center uh, didn't tend to go in his favor last year. Uh, he seems more fitted for uh, for the three tech as a pass rusher. So getting a space eater, but also a guy who could slide out to the three tech uh, if Ogunjobi or Richardson have to come off the field is Utah's Lucky Fotu. Um, he's a massive man weighed in at 330 pounds at the at the combine, six foot five. Um, but he uses his hands really well. He plays with a lot of strength. Um, I had the chance to talk to him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, super down-to-earth guy. Um, he utilizes the push-pull um, pass rush move very well. And so I think just a guy with some versatility along the defensive front to to fill a, a multiple holes for the Browns would be a good option in the third round as well. Yeah, I think interior defensive line or defensive line in general, including edge, is way more plausible than I think many people are thinking. Even if they keep Olivier and they keep things intact as it is, I think they should be looking at, you know, how do we replace, how do we move forward, can we get a guy in this spot that makes sense for the future of this defensive line because they're going to have to make some decisions on Larry, make decisions Olivier's 
one year if he's even here this year uh, is 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 kind of some stuff that's going to be on the plate quick, and then they have some Sheldon Richardson decisions to make with some outs in his contract too. So I like that. I do think they have to consider, and it's a lot more uh, a lot more on the forefront than people want to admit. So who I, we'll, we'll switch here. So the, the Browns have been mocked any number of guys at ten: Isaiah Simmons and. Um, you've even seen people sometimes throw Derek Brown in there, or in 41, they've thrown out some some names that I've kind of been scratching my head at. I've even seen wide receivers go as high as 41. Uh, so I'm interested in your opinion. Who are three guys that you think in this draft cycle? Not that you don't you don't like them as players necessarily, because these guys are, you know, they're going to the NFL, they're football players, but just guys that you think are probably a little bit overhyped in this draft cycle. Uh, yeah, the first one I'll go with is an offensive tackle who honestly reminds me quite a bit of Greg Robinson, Colton Miller, uh, the guys who are really athletic but really raw. Um, and I'm going to say USC's Austin Jackson as my my first prospect I think is a little bit overhyped. Um, he is only 20 years old. He tested off the charts at the Combine. But, man, watching his tape, uh, guys like Bradley and I when, when USC plays Utah or A.J. Epinesa when they played Iowa in the bowl game uh, just took Jackson to the woodshed. Um, so I think he he's a little bit too raw. And especially at a pick like 41, um, when he was even getting top 15 hype um, heading into the combine, uh, those picks should be reserved for guys who I think are a little more polished and a little more ahead of the curve uh, than Jackson is right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll go with him as my first guy. Um, Secondly, I'm going to take a tight end. I think Thad Moss, uh, he's gotten a a lot of of praise since the national championship run with LSU. Uh, Thad Moss is is a tremendous blocker. Thad Moss has tremendous hands. Thad Moss is not a tremendous athlete. I don't see Thad Moss being effective in a variety of looks in the NFL. I think Thad Moss uh, will thrive as a second tight end who whose predominant role is as a blocker, um, which the Browns are looking to use. Um, but I, I don't think he has the agility to separate. Um, in the past game, I think he's going to have to to win with delayed routes with savvy. Um, so Thad Moss is the second guy that, that I think is a bit overhyped. Um, and then my third and final guy that I'm going to go with is Cal safety, Ashton Davis. Um, Ashton Davis has been pitched as a track star. He, he ran hurdles at, at Cal's as well as playing football. Um, uh, but when I watch his tape, you can see his speed. You can see his willingness to tackle in space. You can see his hit power. But what I struggle with is when I watch his tape and I hear about his speed and I, speed and I can see his speed is, is why is he not coming into the frame until the ball carrier is at the eight yard mark, the seven yard mark, um, so I, I think he struggles a little bit with his click and close, with his read and recognition of, of, of seeing what's in front of him and reacting appropriately. Um, and so I'm going to go with Ashton Davis while he has all the athletic traits. Uh, I think he's a little bit behind the curve on on the mental processing part of the game. Yeah, it feels like Davis has slipped a little bit early on. He was a guy that was being mocked or considered in the early second. It feels like he's he slightly fell down a little bit. I do think he probably ends up around two, round three guy, but uh, just a little slide there. So... Um, Good. Those are good. Those are good insights. I, I I've heard people mention a couple of those names in the overhyped section. So good insights, my friend. And then last one is this very important question, um, in my opinion, because it's always fun when you st- you start playing the best player available game, which is a player who makes no sense for Cleveland whatsoever, and it's anybody. Anybody's on the table. Any pick in the draft. Uh, but 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 you would love to have them. They make no sense for Cleveland at all. But you'd love to have them. Who would it be? 
So I'm going to go with like a day three guy. Um, actually, the other LSU tight end, Stephen Sullivan. So he makes no sense for the Browns because he's kind of a, a pass game mismatch, and the Browns already have that in David Njoku, and the Browns will be looking for um, more of an inline block heavy H back versatile tight end because um, Stefanski plays a lot of um, two tight end personnel sets. Um, so he makes no sense, but Steven Sullivan is a lot of fun. Um, he's really burst onto the scene since the senior bowl. He didn't get a lot of looks in college, mainly because he just filled a void wherever LSU needed him to. So he would flex out to wide receiver if they were short of depth at wide receiver or he'd come back and play some tight end if, if they were short of depth at tight end. So he only finished his career with, I think around 40 catches, three touchdowns and like 700 yards. Um, but I think at the NFL, he could play that big slot role really well. Like Evan Ingram does in New York or like Chase Claypool is probably going to project to at the next level from Notre Dame. Uh, so I think he's, a, he's going to be a lot of fun. He's got 35 inch arms. He ran in the four sixes. Um, so he can definitely be a mismatch weapon. And with, um, some experience playing wide receiver, he's, he's more polished of a route runner than, than most tight ends are entering the league. And so in the right system, I think Steven Sullivan could be a lot of fun in the NFL. All right. Steven Sullivan. Remember the name. Last question. I'm throwing this one at you. Didn't even see it coming. The opportunity presents itself, Corey, to, to, and maybe I have one more question. I don't know, man. I'm mixing it up here. The opportunity <laughs> presents itself to trade down. What is the lowest number you would feel comfortable trading down to, considering you probably get a second and maybe a fifth or something along those lines? What number is your like, bare minimum that you'd feel comfortable with? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think the Browns need to land one of those top four guys in Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, or Mekhi Becton. Um, so I honestly wouldn't feel comfortable trading down any further than maybe the 15 to 17 range. Okay. So Broncos are at 15... Cowboys are at 17, somewhere around there where one of those four guys are still in position to add. Uh, the next tier of offensive tackles is like uh, Josh Jones from Houston or Isaiah Wilson from Georgia. Um, and and that's just a steep drop-off from the top four. I do think the Browns need to land a, a, an elite offensive tackle in this draft. So if they put themselves out of position for one of those four guys, I think that's too far. Okay, last one. Good good answer. Very good answer. I like that. 15 to 17 range. I don't want to fall into the 20s. Last question. If, if the Browns happen to not take a tackle at 10, something gets wonky, they make a trade for Trent Williams, and they, they feel like they can sign somebody else, you know, I don't know who it could be that's that's fairly market rate, whatever. Um, they, they solve the two-tackle position somewhat. They don't take a tackle at 10. Who is your top guy or two that you would like to see them take at 10? Okay, so... I would think they would transition probably to safety would be their next highest priority need. Sure, linebacker is is maybe a need as well with Schobert walking and Takitaki and Wilson a little bit not where you would want them to be. So I would say safety is probably their, their next need. Um, and I'm going to say Alabama's Xavier McKinney. Um, while he may not be the greatest athlete of the safety class, it's hard to find a guy who plays with as much instincts and as much savvy and smart as, as McKinney does. Uh, he can play in the box, out in the nickel. He can play over the top, show some range there. But he's just a playmaker who is um, always in the right position. He knows his responsibilities. He's he's brilliant, and, and he finds himself where he needs to be at all times. And I think, especially at the safety position, that's been – lacking for the Browns, especially last year with Demarius Randall and Whitehead for most of the season, just kind of 
freelancing, it felt like at times. Yeah, safety is vital, man. They got to figure some things out. What makes McKinney interesting is that, you know, a lot of people love Simmons for his draft versatility, or sorry, positional versatility. And like you just mentioned, McKinney does a lot of the same stuff, and people don't talk about him enough. Not the athlete caliber, not the size that, that Simmons has, but some of that positional versatility, be able to hold an edge as a force player. He can do some of those things, and he can get after the quarterback, too, and can cover a little bit. That may be an ideal thing if they do soft tackle. They could trade down a couple spots, maybe that 15 to 17 range you were talking about maybe even into the low 20s and still find a way to get him. So it's fascinating. Listen, this is Corey Kennan. He's fantastic. Follow on Twitter. I think he does a great job of of expounding on guys he's studied. He's going to continue to study them as we head, you know, what do we got, uh, 50 days or so until the draft's going to be here before we know. We'll get new uniforms in that time. It's going to be fantastic. Cultural change happening in Cleveland. Corey's going to give you the draft insights, man. I appreciate you coming on. And that's is its Twitter handle, at RealCoreyKinnon. Uh, on Twitter, make sure you you do follow him if you listen to this show. Um, like I said, I've had some discourse with Corey lately. I think he does a great job. We're Columbus guys right here in the center of the state, right? So uh, we got that connection Absolutely. going for us. So that's great. Corey, thanks for coming on, man. And if you want to plug anything you have going on or writing, uh, feel free to do so, my man. Yeah, right now I'm just um, pounding away at withthefirstpick.com, um, part of the fan-sided network. Uh, next year I'm hoping to to get out a, a draft guide, uh, like a – very deep draft guide. I, I think I've got the eval all worked out. So that's in the future. Um, 2020 has been kind of just a pilot run. And so um, 2021, I'm hoping to go full go. Um, but yeah, Jake, thanks for having me anytime. Of course, man. Of course. Again, that was Corey and I appreciate him coming on. He's fantastic. Make sure you're following him. Thanks for listening to Brown's Film Breakdown. We love and appreciate the support. We got big things coming. We're intertwining more with the OBR soon. It's going to be a fantastic uh, approach to the draft and free agency with insider info and analyzing who they get both in free agency and the draft. I hope you're following along there. And some big news to come in the not-too-distant future about some future endeavors with the OBR that will be a lot of fun. So, again, thank you guys for following. Like, share, subscribe on iTunes. I always appreciate it. This is Browns Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, signing off. And, as usual, go Browns. Hey guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT.